Hello, world. You're listening to the Cash All Podcast. Technology integrates with every aspect of our lives. Computing, entertainment, gaming, education, and much more. Here to discuss all of it is your host, Brandon Peterson. If you've been following the Cash All Podcast the past several weeks, you know we're getting into the rabbit hole of web design. We've talked about why we all need a web page and where to start. We talked about visual branding with colors and fonts. Let's start taking some of these things we've been going over the past few weeks and put them together as this week we talk best practices. Biggest thing with web pages. We need our web pages to be usable. Our websites need to be usable. Bill Withers, the phenomenal soul singer, songwriter, and musician who is real popular in the 60s through the 80s, had a song called Use Me. Some may think it was about an intimate relationship with a companion. What do I really think? I think Bill Withers was so far ahead of his time, he was writing a song about a webpage that wants to be used by everyone. Part of the lyrics of this song say, I said, brother, if you only knew, you'd wish that you were in my shoes. You just keep on using me until you use me up. Clearly, there are some understood intentional use of user experience and user interface with responsive design undertones used in these lyrics. User interface design, or UI, refers to the designing of the digital products a customer will be using. User experience design, or UX, is the overall customer impression from the product that they've used. The overall experience from the beginning to the end of their use of that product. In this case, is a web page. I have 10 best practices that I think are solid to share with you all uh, that we can keep in mind as we start to get serious about putting together our learnings into a functional web page. Item number one that I have, whatever your brand is, run with it. Ride or die. Use those brand colors to help with the flow of your traffic. You can highlight important areas such as links and buttons with those accent colors. If your web page is grunge, every single page needs to have that all-out grunginess. If it's minimal design, every page has a clean minimal design. Whatever it is that you chose for your niche, that's what you're going to roll with. You don't need to care about what other people think, especially when you're getting started on this. Be proud of your brand and you're, you're not trying to broadcast to the whole entire world. You're trying to find those people that are interested in what you have to offer. Number two, a website needs to tell what its purpose is. First page, right off, it needs to do this. There should be no question at all. So if somebody goes on your page, hey, this web page is trying to sell me this. Hey, this web page wants me to sign up for their newsletter. This web page is entertaining me on this or educating me about this. So keep that in mind and be sure to have that purpose easily explained right at the beginning. The third item, it needs to be easy to navigate. 
easy to use navigation that makes sense and is found in the same location on every page. So like on your home page, you're going to have your navigation wherever it's going to be. Sometimes at the top of the page, sometimes on the left hand side. And then all those links that are on that nav menu need to be there on every page in the same spot. So even if one of those links takes is the same link that is on the page you're already on, like on your home page, you'll still have the home link there. So that way, as you click through them, it looks like the nav menu is not moving at all when in fact you are going to a completely different page. But the customers and the visitors of a web page like to feel confident in where that web navigation menu is located. Uh, sometimes the phrase cookie cutter gets used in a negative way with web design. And I think we want our pages to a certain extent to be cookie cutter. That nav menu in the same place, uh, the contact us and, and help areas all in the same place. Another idea to have for navigation is having breadcrumbs. You know, think Hansel and Gretel. They drop those breadcrumbs in the woods to try to find their way back. You need some way for the user to navigate back through their web page. You don't want them to get frustrated and to close out of that browser. We want them to stay there and to be able to explore the site, but then to find an easy way to go back to where they came from, back to that home page. Number four, you need a clear call to action. What exactly do you want the visitors on your webpage to do? Maybe you want them to sign up for that newsletter. Maybe you want them to take items and add them to their shopping cart and then check out. It's, it's up to you on what you want them to do, but you need to be specific with it and you need to kind of spell it out. As a teacher, uh, I know for me the importance of direction giving. If I'm vague on directions, sometimes I, I don't give a very good direction and my students don't do exactly what I wanted them to do. And that's my fault because I gave poor directions. I want to be specific. I want to let them know exactly what to do and what will result of that. And that's what we should do when people are visiting us on our webpage. So a clear call to action. Number five. You need a way to be contacted, and that needs to be convenient for the user. Some way for where they can get a hold of you, whether it's a form or whether it's an email link, what have you, but have that be contacted. Uh, some people will say just have a contact page. Some people will say have the way to be contacted found on every single web page down at the bottom. It's kind of up to you, uh, but you do need to have some way that's easy for them to find out how to contact you. Number six, storytelling with examples of things that your brand does. Uh, you can give facts and statistics and graphs, things of that nature on a web page. But if you give examples in stories of what's happened, it's a little more engaging. If you do a search online for storytelling web pages or storytelling websites, You'll find some really creative ways where people are able to incorporate storytelling into their page. People are being entertained while they are learning or while they are acquiring information. And that's going to keep them on that web page a little bit later or a little bit longer. Uh, the next thing that I have here for number seven, ways to find your social media. So I've heard some people that say, absolutely, you need to have this. 
be very easy to find for people to engage with you on social media. Other people have told me, hey, people go to your webpage from your social media. They finally listened to you and went to your webpage, and now you're just giving them an easy out to go back to social media? So what I would say is this, a little best of both worlds. Have a way for people to get to your social media or to see uh, what all platforms you're involved with, but don't have it be too convenient, right? Maybe there's a, a link on your page that says social media, or maybe it's with the contact me area, but maybe you don't have that in a super easy to way uh, find, especially if you're trying to get people uh, from an interactive community of social media and you're trying to get them involved with your webpage. Something to think about anyway with that. Uh, number eight, visual hierarchy with fonts. We talked about fonts last week. Big, bold typeface for the headings. Something that's easier to read in large bodies of font uh, for the paragraph text. Think of ways you can use a consistent hierarchy with your typeface and with your colors and everything uh, that allow your web page to be viewed easily by the users. Number nine. Images need to be optimized for the web. So we want our web pages to load fast. We don't want people to get frustrated. And high-resolution images are awesome. You know, there are, But there are ways we can have our images look nice where they take up much less size. Some people have slow Internet connections. Some people are on mobile devices where they don't have good connection. They can't access web pages as fastly as others. Some people have to pay for all their data. Do you want them to have to pay extra money for data because they went over the limit for downloading images uh, showing up on your web pages? That's not our intention. So think of ways where we can be making our content usable for the users right here. And uh, how can we have those web images take up less size. Some resources say your images should be 200 kilobytes or less in size. Me personally, I try to keep mine at a 50 kilobyte target. The smaller the size of those images, I mean, by all means, use images because that's why people, that's a benefit of the web. The first time you could have images show up on the web was a big deal. So we got to take advantage of that. But We need it to load quickly, and we can't have our site unresponsive because it's taken too long to uh, open up those images. I use Adobe Photoshop to help me with this. Uh, There's there's other other places online if you do a little search, a little mobile uh, search or a a browser search about uh, ways to compress your image size, things like that. You can find things that are out there and probably you have some software on your computer whether it be uh, Mac or PC or Linux or whatever that will allow you to shrink the size of those images of the file size not necessarily the size of the images dimension wise you know but you can make them be a a smaller file size Uh, finally number 10 responsive design What does that mean? We hear that term used a lot in web design. Fit for any screen. I recommend choosing a mobile design first and then adjusting your desktop size accordingly. 
um, people have like five to fifteen seconds to captivate someone on their web page. Like someone gets to a web page, there needs to be a hook there, a purpose, something that's in it for them to stay there, and it needs to be there probably closer to the five second mark than the fifteen second mark, right? This is key. And 70% estimated, but probably pretty accurate, and it's only going to increase. 70% of all web traffic comes from phones. So, like, if people are on the phone on web traffic 70% of the time and it's a bad experience there, they're not going to bookmark it on their phone. They're not going to send that to them later to look, you know, on their desktop computer. So you want that to be convenient. You want it to look nice on a phone. Um, There used to be a time where that wasn't the case, but now it is more important. Your web page looks great on a phone uh, than what it does for desktop. Both are essential, but it's mobile device browsing is huge. And so uh, for those of you who are coders, like with HTML and CSS, you can create media queries in CSS. If you go to my YouTube page, I show how to do that. If, if you've never done that before, at Code Peterson on YouTube. And if you search responsive web design or media queries, you'll find my videos on that. Uh, but if you're using a web builder program, they can be done easily on that also. Whether it's Adobe Dreamweaver or any of the online places, they'll say, hey, this is what it looks like on a mobile. This is what it looks like on desktop. So keep those things in mind with responsive design and having it look nicely on a mobile device. All right. I think that's all I have for today. A little homework. Like I've been giving these little optional homework things for you to to check out on your own time to kind of help you prepare for the next week and whatnot. Uh, For this week, I'd say start finding some images for your website that you think you might want to use. Start collecting them and putting them in a folder. If you took the pictures with your digital camera, with your phone, awesome. If you need images and you don't want to take the time for uh, the photography or if if you don't like your photography, I am not a strong photographer. Uh, I do not take great pictures. Uh, So I use some sources online that we we do have to kind of be aware of. One of them is called pixabay.com. One of them is called Unsplash. One of them is called Pexels, P-E-X-E-L-S. These are examples that have specific licensing spelled out for them. Uh, There are options on all three of these where on the images that you're searching for where it tells you, like, it can be used for commercial purposes with no credit to the photographer required, but it is appreciated, things like that. So look at those licensings, you know, for what is a bit, what is able to be used. And, and I always look for the ones that just say this can be used commercially, which means I can make money off of it. Even if I'm not, I like to have that extra um, coverage, I guess. And Also, I want to see where it says I don't have to give them uh, credit if I don't want to. 
Most of the time, if it's something online, I will give the photographer credit, but then I just like to know just in case something happens, uh, then I'm still covered with that also. When you have those images downloaded from those sites, then what I would do is I would either also in that same folder, I would download those licensings, or if it doesn't let you download it, screenshot that, take a, a little screen capture of your screen and save that image and keep record of that uh, just to cover you, any liability you would possibly have putting together a web page. Uh, so yeah, once you have those images all saved, then check the file size, see if it's under 200 kilobytes. And if you have some large file sizes, some of those, a lot of those images are high resolution. You know, you can open up your Photoshop or any of your other programs, see if there's a way on there to uh, create a, a, a smaller file size. And again, if there's not, do a little internet research and see what you can come up with. Uh, and and see how you can save those to be a little bit smaller size. If you need help with any of that, or if you have any questions, as always, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, any of those places, at Code Peterson. You can visit my webpage for contact information, codepeterson.com. I'd love to help you in any way that I can. Appreciate it. And hopefully, you know, as we're continuing on here, we're still learning about web. Next week, we're going to start talking about layouts and layout design with wireframes and sitemaps. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you like what you heard. For other content, you can follow me on Twitter at Code Peterson.